Boom Blast. And we are live. This is a Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sean Alexander, and this episode of the Wrap It Up podcast is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in Toronto, east end of Toronto, to be specific. But Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at CleanCutsTO, or sorry, at CleanCutsToronto, or give them a call 416-917-4833. Again, check them out on Instagram at CleanCutsToronto, or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Raptor fans, how we feeling? It's Friday night. Raptors get a little bit of revenge against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, last time these two teams met, Raptors had a bad outing. You know, end up going to overtime against the Nets. And I know the Nets aren't one of the most highly touted teams in the NBA, but they're a scrappy team, right? They're a team that goes out there and they they try hard. And I know that doesn't sound like a compliment, but if you guys, like I am, are a fan of Inside the NBA... Just last night, they were talking about it, how I think Kenny Smith's point was, if you try really hard in the NBA and give out like max effort in the NBA, that's good for a 500 team in the league. I know that sounds ridiculous, but a team that just plays really, really hard, that's the Brooklyn Nets. They're a team that can catch you if you're not focused, if you're not ready for their matchup. The Raptors came out kind of sluggish early, but obviously that tide switched very quickly and Raptors with the blowout win 122-105 to improve to an NBA best record again Toronto Raptors NBA best record 32 and 12 they improved to 18 and 4 at home winners of six of their last seven Raptor fans riding high you know and this is a good win this is a good win doing what you're supposed to do against teams like the Brooklyn Nets so again Raptors win 122-105 in a game that, you know, there was a lot of what people call garbage time in this game. You know, the bench the bench got a lot of minutes. I think the whole fourth quarter was basically bench time. But anytime you get a chance to have eight players in double-digit scoring, it's a good look. You take that, right, if you're the Toronto Raptors. And Kawhi Leonard, 20 points again in this game, 20 points in three quarters, right? But... He improved his streak as well. 18 straight games with at least 20 plus points, which is the longest such streak in the NBA this season. And the Raptors at full strength. And I say at full strength because we saw as soon as Kyle Lowry subbed out, he went to that lying down position on the court, right? Like he was lying down in that, what I call the Steve Nash position, right? We remember towards the end of Steve Nash's career, there's a lot of him sitting on on his on his back or lying on his back whenever he was subbed out of games. But this was a good one in terms of you have your full team, you see what happens when the team is cooking on full cylinder, on all cylinders, pardon me, and Kyle Lowry is really pushing the pace. He's getting the offense going. He really sets the tempo. And when you get a big win like that, Kyle Lowry only has to play 23 minutes. Kawhi only has to play 27 minutes, Right. That's good. Serge Ibaka, who, if you think about it, since Jonas Valanciunas has gone down, 
he's had to carry a lot of the load in the middle. And that's a lot of heavy minutes too for Serge. Serge only has to play 25 minutes. That is a really good situation for the Raptors to be in, especially as they head into a game on Sunday against the Washington Wizards, which is a one o'clock game, which is odd because the Raptors, you know, Raptors fans know from years past, they normally have a lot of Sunday afternoon games. Those have been eliminated from the Raptors schedule. So this is a rare one o'clock game they'll play on Sunday with travel. So it's good. Get your starters, get your vets some chance to rest in that game. Again, they rested for pretty much the fourth quarter. You look at the bench, OG got 20 minutes, Norm 21 minutes, DeLon 23 minutes. When you see that type of thing happen, it's getting those guys back in the groove. And again, we want to know, we want to continue to see the fact that the bench mob can gain some type of chemistry together. They can, you know, solidify that unit into being as powerful as it was last year different members but still same message is what you want and you kind of saw that in this game right raptors in the first quarter they didn't look that good right they kind of like were walk walking through the paces to start the game and it was a basically Kawhi versus d'angelo russell early right d'angelo russell went crazy in this game early he started the game off 12 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds in the first quarter alone. The Nets were actually up 7. It seems kind of weird, right? But the Nets actually closed the first quarter on a 14-3 run. They led 35-28 after 1. And the Raptors, you know, again, to close out that first quarter on a 14-3 run, they're kind of just going through the motions, right? But then what happens? This is what you need from your bench. And the bench gave the Raptors, what, 60 bench points tonight? But a lot of that, even though that was garbage time, fourth quarter minutes, when the bench came in early in the game, in the first quarter, they came in with a lot of energy. They stepped up the defense. As always, you'll notice me always say the same theme. They stepped up the defense, which created offense, changed the energy, changed the tempo of the game. And... Got to give Norman Powell credit. Norm continues to, he really seems to be the spark off the bench. And especially in this little, you know, it's weird because we're finally seeing Fred take his normal spot back with the bench. But now Norm has had so much time or DeLon has had so much time when they've had to carry the load for the bench that now when Fred drops back in his position, the bench is just so much stronger now, right? Norm continues to play well. And again, with eight players in double figures, you go through the bench and you're getting 13 points from OG on five of six shooting. That's back-to-back -back really good games for OG and Anobi, scoring points at a very high clip because he's been shooting it at a very high percentage the past two games as well. But OG with 13 points. Monroe gave solid minutes, 10 points, eight rebounds in this game. Norman Powell, 13 points. Fred Van Fleet, 10 points. DeLon Wright, 12 points. Now, you always try to say, people think that, you know, these games against bad teams or blowout wins, you know, people kind of take them as a waste or there's nothing you can get from it, which I completely disagree with, right? These are the games where you get opportunities to let guys stretch their legs a little, right? Let guys feel confident and comfortable. And you got to see extended minutes from what you need from your bench mob, right? Right? which, as we said, especially during the regular season, 
is the most important part or one of the most important parts of this Raptors team and their success going forward, right? But if we move back to the starters for a second, because also you're getting a chance to get more of a full run with your starting unit. Because I know this might seem weird, but this is what, game 44 for the Toronto Raptors, right? And if you look at it, this might sound kind of crazy, but tonight the Raptors started Kyle, Danny Green, Kawhi, Pascal, and Serge, okay? That is their most used starting lineup this season. But out of 44 games, this is only the 15th time they've used this lineup. So think about that for a second, right? This is their most used starting lineup. Again, Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal, and Serge Ibaka. The Raptors' most used starting lineup this season. And it's game 44, and this is only the 15th time these guys have played together. So all I'm saying is there's always something that you can take from these games, even the blowout wins against teams that you might not view as your competition. But the other thing is, to be really serious about it, is that Brooklyn... Brooklyn could somehow sneak into that eighth spot. We don't know yet, but the way that things are shaping up in the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn could be a team that you might have to play in a one versus eight matchup, right? Not that you're afraid of it, not that, not anything like that, but just a matter of getting more reps, getting more tape, seeing what lineups work better, right? There's a lot of things you can take from this. So again, big win for the Toronto Raptors, 122 105 victory and you know i'm gonna shout out the people i guess i was i was so hyped to get into this game or to get into this podcast i didn't even really introduce much or say much at all but as always i'm sheldon alexander and and shout out to the people that are on twitter joining us live after each and every podcast at shell alexander on twitter and on Instagram, we also take your questions and comments at Sheldon Alexander. So shout out to you guys for tuning in on this Friday night. Let's get to some of your questions and comments now. Um, someone asked, what do you think of the Patrick McCaw signing? Uh, I think it's interesting. It's added depth. It's low risk. I mean, it's also extra backup. It's an extra body that is used to playing have, like to playing playoff minutes like Say what you want, but he got legit minutes on Golden State's championship teams, right? I think it might be extra backup in case, in case, and I'm knocking on wood. Let's say something does happen to Kyle Lowry. He's just another guard that you can add into your rotation to get extra minutes. Nothing wrong with that. Low risk move. Again, anytime you add someone that has playoff experience and you have, you know, you want to make a deep run in the playoffs, you got to do it. This is crazy, though. As I look up, and I'm pretty sure if I look at the scores tonight, I just saw that the uh, Atlanta Hawks beat the Sixers. Sixers lose to the Hawks at home. And if you look at it as well, the Washington Wizards beat Milwaukee. So, again, as we talk about the fact that the Raptors are playing the Nets, and there's no nights off, you know, sometimes you don't want to sleep on teams. You look at what's going on in the Eastern Conference, especially tonight, and the Sixers lose to the Hawks, the Bucks lose to the Wizards, Raptors take care of business against the Nets. Just saying. Just saying, kids. Let's get to some more comments. A complete game for the Raptors. Yeah, pretty much. 
I mean, how many people were kind of worried that late in the fourth quarter they might have to come back with the starters, or at least some of the starters? I, I don't think they would have brought back in Kyle. Maybe, I guess maybe at most, maybe you come back with Fred if things got really in trouble, but I don't think you were coming back with Kyle once it got to like 11 or 12 or something like that. But for the most part, a pretty complete game from, from the Raps. Uh, someone says, what's a guan? <laughs> what's up? Shout out to you. Uh, strong delusions. Okay, sure. Uh, Kawhi is probably the best rebounding small forward in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's this era of positionless basketball. You're basically talking about wings and big guys, right? And Kawhi is a wing player, but 20 points, 11 rebounds in this game tonight. Four assists as well for Kawhi. I don't know. I don't even know what... I'm running out of things to say about Kawhi Leonard because he's just so good. And it's just a thing where night at, night in, night out, he has at least a couple moves where you're just like, how did he do that? Like, there was that play where he flew in for the offensive rebound where he came, like, out of the picture, right? To come in for the, for the follow-up lay-in, you know, there's plays where he's just driving to the basket and somehow the left hand just looks so smooth. He's just such a great dynamic player. And it's not even just the offensive things, right? Like seven defensive rebounds for a perimeter guy is pretty good, right? Four assists. Someone else in the chat mentioning, uh, here's a comment, Kyle and Kawhi working together equals finals appearance. I mean, once these guys get used to each other, and and I will give Kawhi Leonard a lot of credit because if you follow this podcast, you know there was a run, let's say, three games ago, let's let's say, where Kawhi Leonard was average. He averaged, I think, he had four assists over four games. Right? We talked about that, right? And since then, the ball movement has been so good. I think the San Antonio game was really the thing that turned turn things around if you're looking at like mini runs here during the regular season, right? The San Antonio game, I think, was a thing that stopped a lot of things, and the ball stopping was one of them. Kawhi Leonard, if you're paying attention, he's been way more active in moving the ball, making the extra pass. You saw him with a nice little no-look pass to Pascal early in the game, and that's just a product of one, and most importantly, I think, I think it's a product of just trusting your teammates, knowing that at the end of the day, as good as you are, even if you're as good as Kawhi Leonard, which again, top what, three to five player in the league, but as good as you are, the heights of where you're going to get, you need your teammates, right? So as he continues to get used to, okay, this is where Kyle wants to shoot that three in rhythm in on a fast break, or this is where I can hit Siakam in stride going to the basket. Things are only going to get better once that happens, right? So we've seen that. And that's been it's been pretty cool to see Kawhi Leonard just develop his game and get used to this Raptors squad. I think that's key. One thing that I do find interesting, and again, I'm not saying this as a knock to Siakam because I think he is having an incredible season. And part of that is just letting him go and letting him play free and letting him run up and down and make mistakes. But I think the next evolution for Pascal is to slow down a little bit. Just a little, right? Because I remember one of my old coaches used to say something. He used to say, just because you can shoot the ball every time doesn't mean that you should, right? And Siakam, when he's going and he's going full steam, 
you can take a tough shot trying to lay it in over your defender every single time down the floor doesn't mean that you have to try to do it (laughs) and sometimes I think he gets caught up in you know he's driving and there's no pass and I think you can allow that if it's Kawhi Leonard because it's status (laughs) but Siakam's not there yet not a big deal but just a little thing right just a little thing but overall that's nitpicking right because there's not much negative to talk about there's not much you know that you can bring up that's bad about what's going on with this Raptors team so far because things are just going great again they have the best record in the NBA they improved to 32 and 12 no complaints uh another comment here says love your coverage opinion on Lynn in a Raptors uniform uh well thank you for the compliment appreciate you watching and uh Jeremy Lynn in a Raptors uniform I don't know if I think getting Patrick McCaw kind of removes that off the table and I think it was Bellamo was on and Bellamo was talking about instead of the focus being on getting a Bradley Beal type where you'd have to give up a lot of assets maybe we should pay more attention to and focus to maybe some lesser names and Patrick McCaw I think fits into that again he's probably not going to be in your rotation night in night out I feel that he's more of insurance if you look at Jeremy Lin is Jeremy Lin better than Patrick McCaw he's probably marginally better but at the same time who would he be taking minutes from do you want him taking minutes from Fred or DeLon I don't right and that's like the next thing that you you want to think of like it's great to like try to add these people but you're also not giving up DeLon or Fred to get Jeremy Lin so then again where's those minutes coming from also too I've never been a huge fan of Jeremy Lin I never really bought into the hype of Jeremy even at the height of Lin Sanity there's tapes people will remember (laughs) I'm not uh we used to do a segment on the score actually that I used to produce called Extra Access which is kind of like a TMZ sports talk debate segment and uh I remember it was at the height of Lin Sanity we were doing that and I remember I was just like guys like the NBA it's just a run the scouting report's not out yet and I was getting crushed but I bring it up just to say Jeremy Lin isn't worth it you know because it, it would mean taking away minutes from your young bucks that you've been developing and you'd probably have to give up some kind of asset to get Jeremy Lin and I don't think it's worth it just my opinion but let me know what you guys think as well let's go to Instagram see what comments we got coming there I'm scrolling back to the top as you know I'm happy to say, even on this Friday night against the Nets, blowout win, the fans, you guys have really showed out for the podcast to give some questions and comments on the top team in the NBA. Uh, First comment says, the Nets don't surprise anymore. They play hard. Exactly. And I, I guarantee you that was part of Nick Nurse's message to start the game, right? That you can't mess around. And I only bring that up as further emphasized by the Sixers losing tonight right remember the Sixers losing tonight is to the Atlanta Hawks right like that's big the Bucks losing in Washington that's big I think the points made right and the Raptors when they're at full strength not to say that I don't want to say they can mail it in because that's not what I mean but they basically took the first quarter off decided they were going to play defense and then it was lights out 
right? Like, that's really how crazy the game went. That's really how the game was over. The Nets had 35 points in the first quarter and then managed to score 40 points in the second and third quarters combined. That's just the Raptors locking down on defense and taking over the game. Uh, let's see. We were talking about how good it was to have four or sorry, eight players in double digit scoring. Uh, this person on Instagram says CJ didn't get the memo. <laughs> Another comment here says RIP CJ Miles. Hello, McCaw. Uh, CJ might have to give up his number. There's a lot of CJ Miles bashing that's been going on this year. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like I've said kind things about CJ Miles this season because I haven't. But I will say this, guys. At this point now, there's no point in beating on the dead horse, right? Like, he's not even in the rotation anymore. You saw he, he checked into the game, like, late, late, late into the garbage time in tonight's game. Basically just ahead of Malachi Richardson. So, at this point, right? There's no point in still crushing CJ Miles. At this point, you almost need to switch gears and hope that he can find his shot somehow because you never know what can happen during the second half of the season or in a long playoff run. You might need CJ Miles to knock down a big three at some point this season. And so crushing him is not a good thing. And hey, I'm saying that to myself too because again, I haven't been saying positive things about CJ Miles for a long time either. So I'm trying to think about how I need to switch gears because it's, it's at this point, it's not fair. Like he's already out of, like he's not hurting the team at this point, right? He's out of the rotation. Norm came back. Just hope that somehow he can find a shot. Uh, let's see. Norm, CJ, and Boucher all minus players. Did Boucher sign a GoDaddy deal? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, my guy C Brown says the white city jerseys are so fresh, way better than the red. That's because me, that's C Brown's my guy I work with at Sportsnet. We were having a conversation the other day because I was saying I really like the red city jerseys. I just like, I guess I like the Canada feel of it, you know, but at the end of the day, the white jerseys are, are fresh too. So are the black ones. Like I really like those OVO jerseys. I still will say I always wish that they said Toronto on them and not North. But I understand why they do it. They do it for money so that they can sell jerseys across Canada because they think someone in Vancouver, someone in Calgary is more likely to rock a jersey that says North as opposed to something that says Toronto. And if you notice, even I don't think any Raptors jersey says Toronto on it anymore. I think it either says Raptors or North. So just a thing. But for the city edition jerseys, I want it to say Toronto, or even the six. And if you're wondering why I'm wearing this Jay's sweater for the people that can see this podcast, apologies to the, the podcast faithful. This is in shout out because Russell Martin's now traded and it's like the official end of that Blue Jays two-year run. <laughs> so it's kind of my way of saying salute to that two-year Blue Jay run. But at the same time, it's still hot up in the six because the Leafs and Raptors are, are still on a wave. But we're here to talk about the Raptors, so I'll get to more comments here. Bucks lost. No Greek freak, though, but we're number one. Yeah, I mean, I think it also shows depth, right? The Raptors obviously went through a very tough stretch where they didn't have Kawhi or Kyle, and yet they managed to get wins. They had a tough time in some games, but they managed to squeak out wins. But 
again, if you think about it, right, the Raptors barely beat the Hawks. The Hawks now go in and beat the Bucks without Giannis. That's a thing. That's a thing. You can't sleep on these teams. You can't. Because here's the thing. As much as you have teams that are tanking for next year, you have a lot of guys that are playing for their contracts for next year. So it's a weird balance. You don't know what some of these teams are going to do on a night-in, night-out basis, right? So you better be ready. Uh, I think they ha- this person on Instagram says, I think they had a team meeting after the ass-whooping by DeMar. I think so too, because there were a lot of comments. We, we went over it uh, in the podcast following that game. There were a lot of comments from Danny Green and even Fred Van Fleet talking about how, you know, got to stop waiting for guys to come back in the lineup and have these built-in excuses. We got to start really playing. We got to, you know, nip some shit in the butt and just go at it now. And that was a theme. That's not a direct quote. I'm paraphrasing people. Relax. But the point was made that loss was unacceptable. That no-show in San Antonio was unacceptable. And again, since that, think of how crispy, crispy the ball movement has been by the Toronto Raptors in those games following that bad loss to the San Antonio Spurs. Message sent, message received, right? Just looks good. The team is playing better defense. The ball movement is better. It's all good. Uh, another comment here on Instagram. Do you think Kawhi is the closest thing to MJ we've seen? <laughs> that's, an, that's a tough question. And I chuckle because this reminds me of the whole LeBron versus MJ and LeBron saying that he's the GOAT and all that. I find, like, I'm a child of Michael Jordan, right? I grew up in that era idolizing Michael Jordan, watching, you know, NBC on Saturdays or Sunday afternoons where it was Michael Jordan versus whoever every single week right? Like, so I'm not going to say that anyone is better than Michael Jordan, but overall, overall, my issue with those comparisons is just that the game is different, right? The game is completely different. If LeBron James played in that era, would LeBron James be handling the ball? Probably not. They tell him to get down in the post and his game would be different. Like, let's just enjoy the greatness, accept the different eras. But what I will say is that Kawhi Leonard definitely has that old school feel to him where like you can tell that he wants to dominate the game on the defensive end of the floor as well, right? And there are very few players that have done that, right? What's what's the stat? It's him, Hakeem, and MJ are the only players to win defensive player of the year in finals MVP. Is that the is that the stat? I'm pretty sure someone will correct me in the comment section, but Yeah, I mean, in that instance, in terms of being an elite defender and still being one of the top scorers in the game, hell yeah, got to give Kawhi Leonard a lot of credit. Is he in that MJ status? I can't go that far yet. I don't even like putting LeBron in that that stature. But again, I'm not here for the MJ-LeBron debate. I'm just here enjoying LeBron's career as much as I enjoyed MJ's. I don't need LeBron to be better than MJ. I don't need anybody to be better than MJ. He's MJ. Uh, let's see, someone disagreeing with my earlier term, my earlier uh, take on Siakam. This person says, Siakam is not hurting the team. Let Siakam play his game. Let Siakam make mistakes. Let Siakam be confident. This is how he will grow into a star. That's a great point. I can't knock that point at all. It's a very great point. I mean, 
again, I think I'm nitpicking because I'm just like, you know, there's so much good going on and I'm not looking for something bad to talk about or something bad to say. I'm looking at it from the standpoint of good basketball. I don't know. Like, sometimes he just seems out of control and you can see that he's out of control. And it's like, just relax, stop, and pass the ball. Like, that's okay, right? I'm not saying he always has to pass the ball. I'm just saying when you... I'm against basically anyone when you have multiple possessions where you come down the floor, don't pass it to anybody, and take a tough shot, right? I disagree with anybody doing that. I mean, when it's Kawhi or someone at that top tier or the Lowry in transition three, I feel like there's a bit of you earn to take those shots whenever you want. Siakam isn't there yet. He's getting there. But I will say I do agree with your point, right? Got It is part of the learning process. You got to let him make mistakes. Got to let him be more confident because, again, as Serge Ibaka pointed out, <laughs> if right, everybody's in trouble. But with that said, you're basically looking at Siakam leading the team. So there's a balancing act that's kind of got to go on here, right? Whereas he's kind of got to develop. He's kind of got to grow but also has to fit in with Kawhi and Kyle because this team will ultimately go as far as Kawhi and Kyle will take them. Uh, let's see here. Another comment says, agreed and big up Sheldon Dope Show. Thank you. Salute to you for, for listening and watching. And I really appreciate the, the kind words. And to be honest, if you have negative words too, I take those too. We're all just here having a conversation. My opinion isn't always right. I'm here to have a conversation with you guys, the fans of the Toronto Raptors. That's it, right? My opinion isn't right all the time. At least I don't think so. So let me know when you think I'm wrong too. That's totally cool. I'm here for the conversation. Uh, someone says, woo, shout out Calgary. Hashtag we the North. Hey, we don't discriminate. Yes, I rep Toronto super hard. But as I said, I understand why they make these jerseys so that people in Calgary and Vancouver are more likely to rock them as opposed to something that says Toronto on it. I get it. I understand. Uh, Siakam needs to get better at driving and dishing, but it comes with time. That is a great point, right? And I think that's what I'm talking about is, you know, and someone else agrees and they say, only issue I have with Siakam is when he looks off Kawhi which is more like what I'm talking about, right? Like, it's interesting because you, you you see it sometimes. And if you really pay attention to basketball, you you understand the concept of when someone looks off someone, someone else, right? And I think that's definitely a term in which only if you've played basketball, you really understand that. Meaning when you're watching a game, you can see it happen, right? Like you can just tell, oh, he's shooting this ball. He's not passing it at all. That's all I'm talking about. Again, not a big issue at all and i think the our user or our uh our friend on instagram made the point it's all part of the learning process right and sometimes it's just a part of slowing down and you know understanding the game and driving and kicking and realizing how much more valuable how much more the game will open up for you when you add that element to your game as well because here's the thing with siakam right the adjustments are going to come defensively from other teams. The scouting report is getting around the league, right? You notice the spin move, we haven't seen as much as of the spin move as we've seen early on in the year. Let's say the first 20 games of the year, right? The second 20 games of the year, 
right? Let's say game 20 to 40, we didn't see as much of the spin move, right? That's just scouting report being out, but credit to Pascal, he's adjusted really well and he's still finding ways to cook. So as that develops, you'll start to see little things added to his game, but also, hey, I understand the side of it. Sometimes Kawhi's hogging the ball too. So I get it and I understand it. But what do I always say? There's levels to this shit. Kawhi's allowed to do that at times because he can get away with it because he's good enough to get away with it. Siakam's not there again yet. It's all a process. It's all a process though. End of the day, nothing to complain about as the Toronto Raptors come out and just dominate the Brooklyn Nets as they win 122 to 105, again, improving to an NBA best, 32 and 12. Um, more comments here. I guess this Siakam, Siakam is uh, getting a lot of love here. Uh, let's see. Someone's happy that we got French fries. I guess the Raptors hit enough threes. Um, another comment from Vancouver and would definitely still wear a jersey that said Toronto. Hey, shout out to you. Appreciate that, right? And, and I will say, though, I feel like you're in the minority, right? Like, I think that, you know, or you know what? I don't know. How can you? Maybe I should be asking you. You're from Vancouver. Ask your friends. Let me know. I want to know what your friends say. Would they rock Raptors jerseys that said Toronto? Or are they more likely to rock jerseys that say Raptors and the North as opposed to something that says Toronto? I'm interested in that. Like, I, I think that's the business model and why the Raptors have gone that way. But I like to hear from Raptors fans across the country. Is that a big deal? Like, do you hesitate to wear it because it, it says Toronto on it? I like to know that. Um, but yeah, thanks for your comment. And it's cool for me to see that, you know, we have people listening to this podcast from Calgary and watching this podcast that are from Vancouver. That's really cool to me. And hey, I rep it. I enjoy it. Let me know. I want to hear the vibes of what's going on. You know, is there a Raptors vibe in that city? You know, can you go out? Like, how big is it? Multiple sports bars you can go to, Raptor game on. I like to hear that. I think that's cool. Want to get a vibe of, of what Raptors nation is like across the entire country. That's pretty cool. Uh, more Pascal comments, though. Pascal practicing new moves. 82 games are practiced for the playoffs. Hashtag levels. Okay. Um, another comment here on Instagram, should Siakam get his first all-star nod? This is going to be interesting. I think that off name alone, it's going to be Kyle and Kawhi. And the only way that Siakam makes it is if the Raptors end up having the best record in the East, but also it'll come down to just what forwards you end up taking from other teams, right? So for example, Bradley Beal is putting in mega work right now, but is he going to be an all-star? And if Bradley Beal's an all-star, then that means that's a guard spot that's gone, but that might open up another forward spot. Does Blake Griffin or does Andre Drummond, do they make the all-star game, right? It's going to be really tough, but I see the best chance that Siakam has to make the all-star game is if there are three Raptor All-Stars, and the only way that happens is if the Raptors are leading the East and the NBA by, you know, a three to five game margin, let's say. Because it'd be really weird if you take three All-Stars from the Raptors, and then how many are you taking from the Bucks, right? Like, is Chris Middleton an All-Star? That's my question to you guys. 
I mean, I don't really think so. I think it's more likely that Kyle and Kawhi end up as all-stars, and then you're just taking Giannis off the Bucks. But again, that's kind of disrespectful. If you think back, Mo Williams made an all-star game one year, and that's just because LeBron was leading the Cavs to like another 60-win season, and you got to take another player off the Cavs, right? So it'll be very tough for the Raptors to get three all-stars. Definitely say that. And also the thing that hurts is the fact that Middleton is also a forward. So you might come down to a situation where it's going to be Middleton being the second Bucks all-star or uh, Pascal being the third Raptors all-star. Because I don't think Pascal makes it over Kyle, right? I don't think so. But who knows? It'll be very interesting, though. It'll be interesting because there's, there's a lot of things, right? You got to think about, look at the Sixers. So Embiid's going to make it. Does Jimmy Butler make it? Does Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons make it? Right? There's going to be a lot of tough decisions and someone's going to be upset. You're going to have a pretty solid all-star that is going to be upset that they didn't make the team. Great question, though. And it'll be an interesting thing to look forward to as time goes on. Uh, another comment. It's a pleasure watching the evolution of our squad. Totally agree. This season has been great. Another comment from Instagram. I think it's the same as long as we're all repping the Raptors. Oh, that's about the Raptors jerseys. Um, totally agree, right? I don't think there should be some bias. They do a, enough to to be Canada's team, much like the Jays. But I think, you know, just the fact that the Raptors try to have preseason games across the country, they try to host training camps at different locations across the country, they are Canada's team. If we're sensitive about wearing the Toronto across your chest, that's lame, whatever, get over it. But again, at the end of the day, Uniforms are dope, right? Uh, another all-star question. Will Kyle actually make the all-star team, though? He's missed a lot of games. Yes, Kyle Lowry has missed games, but I still think that he will make the all-star team just because of name recognition alone, and you're going to have to have two all-stars on the Toronto Raptors. And this is going to sound weird. I don't want this to sound as a backhanded compliment, but it's going to come off that way. But... The years that Kyle and DeMar, they were, what, four-year, four-time All-Stars in a row? Something like that? But all of those years, right, one or two of them weren't necessarily, you know, had All-Star numbers, right? But what I think happened was that they would make the All-Star game because the Raptors team was just so good. And when you're that good and you're that high in the standings, you're gonna get two All-Stars making it. To the all-star game and I don't think that they're in a position where you're going to give Siakam the nod over Kyle Lowry that's not going to happen coaches aren't going to do that plus coaches and players I think respect what Kyle Lowry does even if you think his numbers aren't there I think playing against him coaches watching him they understand the value that he has on this Toronto Raptors team so yeah I think Kyle Lowry will be an all-star um but yeah more talk on the All-Star game as time continues, and it'll be a good chance to get to see um, Bradley Beal's All-Star campaign as the Raptors play on Sunday at 1 o'clock against the Washington Wizards. So we'll be here, or I'll be here, to, to do the Wrap It Up podcast once again. But thanks for you guys for joining me again on the Wrap It Up podcast as the Raptors win 122-105. Again, 
Raptors 18 and 4 at home, winners of six of their last seven games to improve to an NBA best 32 and 12. But this has been another edition of the Wrap It Up podcast. And as always, thank you guys. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and thank you for joining me on Twitter at Shell Alexander live after each and every Toronto Raptors game at Shell Alexander is where you find the live stream. Follow me, like it, share it, all that fun stuff to all your Raptors friends. Or if you want to ask some questions, jump into Instagram where there's also a feed going on there. You can ask your questions or send your comments there as well. That is at Sheldon Alexander. But hey, Raptor games when they're on Friday night or, you know, a game on a Sunday afternoon. You might not be around to watch the post-game show live, but that's okay. We turn it into a podcast, which you can listen to on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Play. Just search On Blast Podcast and you'll find it. Or head to YouTube. Shout out to the YouTube community. Shout out to the peeps at YouTube that are watching the podcast. Numbers have been great all year. Appreciate you guys. But most importantly, the comment section has been great. It's been a great space for Raptors fans to talk about what's going on this season, what trends they're seeing, what we like, what we dislike. It's just been really good. So like and subscribe. I think it's under Sheldon Alexander on YouTube, but you can just search Wrap It Up on Blast. Again, like, subscribe, share, all that stuff, because we're just trying to spread the word of the best season in Toronto Raptors franchise history, the best team in Toronto Raptors franchise history. And we're watching Kawhi Leonard, who don't don't doubt, there's no doubt about it, the best player in Raptors franchise history. So as we continue this season of the, the Raptors, we'll also continue this season on the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And as a wise man once said, I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, Sunday afternoon, I'll see you guys. Peace.